You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of Ask Drone You. We actually have a very interesting episode today talking about opportunities for drone pilots. Now in 2023, we have talked about how infrastructure has been a major player for drone pilots in gaining those recurring revenue jobs. But what about recurring revenue jobs that have you go and fly at the beginning of the timeline of a project, during the project and after the project? What if these jobs pay really well because the value and the dollarized value of these jobs is so high to people like roofing contractors? Well, that's what we're gonna be talking about today because we have two very special guests residing with us today. I'm talking about the guys from Division 7 Roofing. Now, Drone Unit has partnered with Division 7 Roofing to offer a very customized drone training program to help drone pilots understand exactly what it's going to take to get these drone jobs done but according to the contractor, knowing the deliverables first and knowing exactly what you need to create is going to create a seamless workflow for you to understand the entire client navigation. That's why we've brought Division 7 and John and Mr. Ryan resides here today to help us understand exactly what this opportunity is all about and why it's so valuable to roofing contractors. John, Ryan, welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Good afternoon, Paul. It's a pleasure to be joining you here today. We're super excited to be uh, talking about our drone training series and how it applies both to some DSPs out there and, of course, contractors within our own industry. Yeah, so let's just let's just break this open right now. So this particular training um, package or suite of courses was brought about because you guys are roofing contractors right now and you use drones in your business every day. Is that right? Every day. Every day we're hustling. Those drones are flying around, checking on jobs, checking on our pre-job stars, checking on our estimation process. They're flying all over the city as we speak. Now, so these particular drone jobs, I know this podcast is more driven towards drone pilots and the audience of DSPs. Um, and even enterprise clients as well. But a lot of the information here may be better understood by roofing contractors. But as we discussed in pre-show, it might be really valuable for these drone pilots to understand the value of their work in regards to roofing contractors, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So in our relationships we have developed with commercial roofing contractors all over the country, and we're talking about how drones can impact their businesses, most of them are sitting back saying, where, where do we find a drone person? Where do we hire a drone person? How do we train a drone person? Like this is a foreign position to a roofing contractor. So for those DSP people that are out there and they uh, have an opportunity to talk to a roofing contractor, it'd be great for you folks to be armed with uh, telling the story and letting the contractor know things about their business they may not have not even thought of. So this series is going to show them how to present the benefits of acquiring imagery and how it can impact their business beyond what their understanding is as a roofing contractor. Well, let me ask you this. Where do you believe is the uh, highest amount of value that a drone pilot can give to someone like a roofing contractor? And is it just contractors? Is it consultants? Is there, a, is there a certain vertical of the market that this is very, say, driven towards? The roofing contracting uh, vertical is obviously a, you know, the place we live. There's also architectural firms that, you know, they're inspecting vertical walls, they're inspecting roofs, they're, pre they're preparing scopes of work to put out the bid to contractors that also utilize this imagery, um, property management groups, uh, really any place that's involved with the building envelope and maintenance of it uh, can benefit from drone imagery for sure. So help me understand then, looking at a particular project, let's say that we are uh, reinstalling a roof 
Uh, we know that roofs can last anywhere from, well, some of the cheap stuff you see in New Mexico, maybe a year or two with those Mylar roofs, but uh, <laughs> typically 20 or 30 years, right, to replace roofs. And so help us understand when we're flying drones, this is all about creating a 2D map, 3D model to digitize the building to reduce the number of visits to said building. It's also, if I understand it right, to help uh, create more accurate estimates to help discern exactly where materials should go. I mean, what, what does the value really look like for you and where have you seen the value in the entire project timeline? A good one for Ryan to pick up on. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> you know, I lead our uh, sales and estimating efforts and project management here at Division Seven, and the more we implemented the imagery into our operations, the more the more benefits we realized. So it's really a game changer for us at this point in time. After diving head into drone operations about two two and a half years ago. Pretty much every department we have, maybe outside of billing, um, uses drone imagery, both the 2D maps and the 3D models. So right from the beginning, whether it's uh, a new building um, and it's coming in on the service side, you know, we may be unfamiliar with that. We used to have to always get a technician up on the roof just to get a baseline of what, what's the general condition? You know, where is this at in its life cycle and what kind of general attention does it need? No more. We send the drone pilot out, he maps it, they bring that back and we get a more senior set of eyes on that in a more efficient manner. Um, you know, from a re-roofing standpoint, we used to have to go through single still photos. And as an estimator, you were always wondering, like what's in between the photos? I've got a 300,000 square foot building and I've got a hundred photos, right? It doesn't, doesn't give the story. It doesn't give you context as to where somebody was at on that building, what direction their camera was pointing, all of these, all of these questions you have. So now we're bringing the entire building to our desktop so we can, we can see it all. You know, I'm no longer wondering um, you know, what's in between these photos and can I zoom in just a little bit more or can I can I zoom out so I can get context as to where we're at on the roof? Once we get projects, the drone's going out at least once a week to check on them so we can make sure that, you know, we're, we're keeping pace against uh, the estimate and that the quality is of an acceptable level. And kind of just as important or more important is the safety. You know, we have to make sure in a dangerous industry like ours that the safety setups are correct. And if OSHA walked on site that, you know, we're going to be okay with an inspection. Um, and then after, after the fact, you know, let's, let's look at some really cool just sales shots, if you will, to provide the building owner after they just spent a monumental amount of money so we can show off our work. We have beautiful imagery that we will print out on large, um, large poster and present those as a gift to our clients at the end of the day. And they really seem to love that. So those are a few examples really across the board. Uh, John, do you have anything to add on to that at the moment? Uh, some people have said the, the camera in, in a person's hands is always being manipulated by the person. And there's objectives people have when they take certain photographs about progresses or safety or uh, whatever other strategy they may have in their mind about what they want to capture for you. And if they're having a bad day, they may forget to take different images. The drone doesn't care. It's impartial to people's objectives. And it's going to capture the whole story for us so that we can see and arrive at facts, not something that had some other motives behind. Yeah. And, you know, I think you bring up a really powerful kind of macro point of view, something Rob and I have been talking about in regards to day trading, uh, not roofing inspections, but is equally as important, which is if you can create a system that negates emotion, you don't have to worry about 
trying to fight your own emotion because you operate within the system that negates it as a whole. And I think every single system that we implement with that makes us better business owners, better pilots, uh, better, you know, managers, better delegators. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's what we're finding is we're looking at facts. We're looking at impartiality and we can discern what we need to discern without being swayed to, to gain an opinion somebody wants us to have. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's, let's take a quick step back before we show everyone what this really looks like. So when it comes to these mapping missions for roofing inspections, we're talking about flying a single grid. We're talking about maybe doing orbits, right? And we're talking about utilizing a drone that can be able to do that. Now, one thing I will say for all of our drone pilots out there that are maybe wondering what kind of experience does Ryan and John really have on the drone? Well, let me just toot their horn for them going through this process of working with these guys. uh, They challenged a lot of the rules that we know about with photogrammetry and whatnot. And while the fundamental rules have never changed, some of the rules requiring the amount of overlap have changed, but not because of the type of job that's being done, but more so because of the software that's being used. So you guys have been using Optelos for your roof inspection software. Is that right? Yeah, we've been in Optelos for about uh, a little over two years now. So maybe Ryan, then it's time to uh, jump in. And I want to show everyone what Optelos looks like because these drone pilots are going out there, they're mapping. They're not necessarily processing the data as much as managing that data and getting it up to someone like you guys who's saying, okay, we now have our point cloud. We're going to measure our parapets. We're going to measure any protrusions in the roof. We're going to measure any logistics or infrastructure that we may or may not need to avoid or plan because you guys have mentioned a lot of the different types of value. And it seems like the best value is reducing the amount of trips that we take to a particular site. But it also seems like it helps provide context of where we are looking at a particular building, what angle a photo was was shot at. Um, Also helps us understand certain measurements that it may or may not be that accurate. Helps us understand um, how we can best set up this job to get it done the most efficiently. Maybe it also reduces our material costs because our estimates are more accurate. But you're also saying that you use it as a final to showcase what you have done, which is also a legal liability thing. You're proving, hey, we did this. This is what it looked like when we left. That's it. Um, so it's the best, um, you know, the best there ever was. But that said, uh, I think there's a lot of value in that. And I love that you're using these data products as well to give gifts to your clients to show appreciation, but also to use it almost as marketing as well. It seems like that is something that you do. So I want to, let's go ahead. Let's jump into Optelos. I really want to show everyone what this looks like because those rules that you have figured out of really acquiring less data than you really need, or what we've been teaching here, I think is extremely valuable because a lot of drone pilots They may think that drone mapping is easy, but you've got to be able to fly in close proximity to do these orbits. So, Ryan, take it away. I I can't wait to see how you guys use these 3D textured meshes and point clouds. So please take it away. Absolutely. So I have brought up a 3D mesh of a retail shopping center not too far down the road from us that uh, we we estimated a year or so ago. And this is a great example of a model that we used for estimating and selling and we continue to use. Matter of fact, uh, this property manager in particular faces some challenging tenants sometimes who want to put things through the roof when they're not supposed to. So we just talked a little bit about documenting the conditions. Well, one thing we like to do is in a yearly assessment, we will redocument, right? And that allows them the opportunity to look back on that historical data to see what has changed. Did somebody put something on the roof without authorization from us? Is that going to affect our asset in a negative manner from a valuation standpoint? These are large buildings. They're pretty expensive, <laughs> needless to say. <laughs> so, you know, the the guarding of these assets and making sure that they're making money is a very high priority to these people. So we are looking at 
this model in all its glory and you can see from a roofing perspective, I'm going to draw down on just this side so we can concentrate on a few things. And you know what? Ryan, really quick, would you say that Optelos is probably the best 3D mesh generator that you've seen to date? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've tried um, a few different products in our early stages and, you know, I wouldn't say any of them are bad per se, but when we started giving our raw data to Optelos and they were kicking back the imagery products, we noticed that our point clouds were much more dense and the meshes came out much more clean with the same amount of photos. So that was a pretty impressive thing to find out. So needless to say, once we noticed that and some of the other features that I'll show here in a moment, it was really a no-brainer for us to jump on board and we haven't looked back since. So one more quick question. You guys mentioned the annual checkups. Does that mean that these types of jobs for drone pilots are almost like a recurring revenue job? If they take on a particular project, will they go out there three times, you think? What does the recurring revenue model like look like for these pilots who are doing these jobs? Yeah, great question, Paul. So we'll say in a re-roofing scenario, a company like ours who is very concerned with the quality and keeping that up to speed, we want a flight before we estimate. We want a flight each week while we are putting the roof on. And then we want a flight at the end of the job, that, that final job shot that we talked about. So, you know, depending on the scope of work and the size of the building, you know, it could be that that project runs a week. It could be, we just did a building that was 800,000 square feet and it took us upwards of five months to pull off. Oh, wow. So this the weekly flights involved in that. But even though there's some money involved in it, trust me when I say that the building value and the value of the roofing project itself is well worth the expense to a commercial contracting company to get that data in their hands. Gotcha. Some of the things we just talked about, OSHA and safety, documenting to make sure we have proof of what we performed and that it was done correctly along the way and at the end when it was signed off by the building owner, by the manufacturer, when we get that warranty in hand. So absolutely, uh, reoccurring revenue there. You know, on a maintenance perspective, most roofs are going to be a once a year type deal. But you can imagine if you have a contractor that you get friendly with and they have customers like we do where they are multi facility owners. You know, these property managers can sometimes have a portfolio of five or six buildings and there may be five or six property managers within that company. Um, and then, you know, sky's the limit. There are huge publicly traded companies out there um, that one may be able to engage on drone imagery and flying their buildings. Um, and they own thousands of properties across the country, or across the world. So the potential is huge. I think the key is learning a few things from our podcast here and um, learning to speak the language and the lingo a little bit to be able to drive that value to contractors who are not familiar with drone imagery and the models and the maps, because that's really where you're gonna be able to take your drone business to the next step. And I've got two questions for you before you continue showing the value of this model, which I appreciate the switch tracking because sometimes it's hard, but we've talked about a lot of different types of value that these drones provide. And one of them you've brought up, it doesn't make sense to me, uh, which is OSHA. I thought we solved all problems with OSHA with either burritos or donuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay now that we've got that question out of the way question <laughs> so obviously what pilots get paid is going to be dependent on the size of the building i know you guys hire a lot of pilots for other roofing contractors what or and for drone pilots I, what is this what is a pay range that you have seen or have had experience with before you continue going into the dollarized value here, because I want to hit this subject again at the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. John, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So 
for full time and you know so if you're a dsp you understand the imagery you understand how to utilize the data and acquire it the opportunity to, to obtain a full-time employment scenario with a contractor is very high oh contractors are going to be able to hire you use you every day all year long contractors are you know five million ten million fifteen million twenty million and up we are doing enough work to keep a person busy every day as an employee. And if that suits people that are out there and they want that 401k, they want the health insurance, they want all that and, you know, get out of the freelance world. Um, that, you know, that is, you know, a very wide open market for you. And that, and that, and that can be a $50,000 plus employment opportunity a year within a roofing contractors, um, overhead structure easily with the value, the benefit, the um, savings of what they're performing. I, I, I We're paying drone pilots that today as we speak to do what we're talking about doing. And to want to, you know, back to one of your questions you asked a few minutes ago with maintenance, you know, we recommend a biannual maintenance program twice a year. You get up on a roof, we look at it, we inspect it. And to partner with that as a deliverable, we can, you know, we'll fly that building, you know, twice a year alongside of our preventive maintenance inspections. So again, that recurring revenue hooking into these buildings is, you know, ongoing for the life of a roof, 20, 30 plus years, you know, and getting into the parking lots and the other maintenance items that property management teams are dealing with. So that value add to the deliverable of the roof inspection is uh, very, very uh, well received. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ryan, keep showing us all the ways that you utilize this data to make better decisions. Cause I think a lot of us are really uh, interested in that. And I apologize for slowing us down on that front. No, it's completely okay. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here, Paul. It, it's really uh, a revolution for our industry and we're just super excited to be able to share our story and what we've done alongside you and Rob to uh, bring some of this stuff to some other people. So yeah, right here, I just want to show something that that came to mind as I was rotating around this unit. So down here on the bottom right-hand corner, you're going to see this is an electrical conduit that comes up through the roof and has what we call a pipe boot on it. Now, one thing I want to say real quick, this is just a quick little value is a lot of times in the old school days, when I would get a picture, it would be from this angle. I don't know why or how, but somehow people always tend to miss the small things. Well, guess what? If I'm estimating a re-roof, that just costs me money mm. just because they happen to be on the wrong side of the unit. But here, not that big a deal because I can rotate this unit around. I can see the electrical conduit coming up through there. I can see that there's a little bit of a, this is likely a gas line penetration down, down coming through here. And on that other side, that was a condensate line coming out, which in the summertime when the AC is on, that's going to be dumping water out, right? Mm -hmm. That, that can cause us problems when we're trying to install a roof. If there's water coming out the side of a unit, as you can imagine, especially when you're in the waterproofing industry. So little tidbit there, but on a much bigger scale, you know, let's let's look at this measurement wise. You know, you people out there are going to know a lot more about drone operations than than I will. But you know, I I do know enough to be dangerous at times. So we do know that the accuracy of the model is based on the GSD. So the way we typically fly, you know, we are going to be accurate typically within a half inch or so of of real world measurements. I typically tell people um, that. Uh, client facing that it's an inch just just for safety measures. So when we get on larger buildings, the traditional ways of measuring them have been a a wheel which can fail. We've mm -hmm. seen it happen many a times over the years and then there's measuring tapes, right? There's a lot of human error in there and John and you both spoke to that a little bit earlier. So when we're dealing with something that doesn't have emotions, it doesn't have bad days, it never blinks. And I know I can anticipate about an inch accuracy. 
the larger the building grows, the more value that takes on, right? So if I was dealing with a building that was 1600 feet long and I was, and I was off a foot, that's a lot of extra money I either added or missed um, within a project that might cause us trouble, you know, whether we don't win a project or whether we do win a project and now we're taking a little bit of that cost on the chin because we weren't accurate enough. You know, from a planning perspective and a pavement perspective, outside building envelope, you can see, even though we weren't trying to capture much of that stuff, there's still more there to provide to these building owners when we start looking at other large capital expenditures like parking lots. You know, we can tell if there's cracks in the parking lots, what their paint looks like, the parking blocks, the masonry on the outside of the building, a lot of different things going on that really compose the bulk of the expenditures from a building owner's perspective. So that's a little bit on just the, the models itself on a 3D mesh. So if we flick over to a point cloud real quick, this is where some of the really cool forensic tools come into play. And really quick, just to uh, clarify something regarding the accuracy, um, that's like your relative accuracy for you taking like linear measurements and area measurements and maybe even volume measurements. It's not necessarily absolute accuracy, like i.e. your roof is to the right place where it is in the world. It's absolute accuracy down to an inch because to clarify, in teaching drone pilots to make these maps and models, they're not even using um, GCPs or georeferencing whatsoever, correct? That is correct, Paul. Great point on that one. So from a contractor's perspective, at least in the roofing industry, I'm not really too concerned about anything near survey grade accuracy or absolute accuracy. I just need to know that the measurements I pull on my project are correct. So um, if if the building itself is plotted a little off where it is on the earth, like that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be a big deal is if I pull a measurement and that's off. So great, great thing to mention there. No, I, I appreciate it, too, because for those drone pilots out there, that makes these jobs a lot more scalable when you don't have to take all the time to do reference stuff. And I think it's also valuable because so many surveying boards are trying to go after everyone and their mother for law that's like 100 years old. That's really irrelevant at this point, which showcases like surveying is all about plot lines, legal boundaries and whatnot. You're simply taking measurements to put a safer roof to keep people healthy in this building and has nothing to do with surveying. So it's better for you. It's better for a drone pilot. All in all, better, better, better. So just want to clarify. Thank you. Because this is a really cool data product. Absolutely. So within the point cloud itself here, Paul, you know, we get these forensic tools that we talked about just a moment ago. So over here on the left-hand column, we can open up some of these tools and pretty much anything you can think to measure is within here. So, you know, we have, of course, different things like distant measurements. We have height measurements, which is only the vertical separation in between two points in space. You know, knowing the height of the roof is a very good thing when we're trying to design them. You know, when patterns change, the higher you get up. You know, we need to know for let's say we're ordering downspout. I need to know off the back edge of that gutter, you know, from the pavement or the in-ground drain up to the bottom edge of that gutter, you know, how, how much downspout do I need there? And um, maybe we need to know, we had a project that uh, had a pretty high roof on it. And there was a question if our crane would be able to sit where the customer allowed us and be able to set the products up on the roof. Now, the old school way of doing that was our superintendent and I would have to drive out to the job site and he would make me walk up the stairs because I'm the less senior person uh, with the tape measure. And I would toss down that 300 foot tape and we would just have to manually measure, you know, that that angle to see, like, do we have enough crane stick to get it up there? You know, we're talking about hours of investment here. Well, guess what? Because we had already flown that project and had our point cloud ready to go. When he asked that question, all I did is I brought up the model, 
I pulled a distance measurement and I found that we had plenty of arm on the crane to do what we needed to do. So right there, you know, a utilization of the point cloud, which saved us hundreds of dollars. And that actually happened to be an out of town job about three hours away. So every time we had a question or a double check as to what the size or what the distance or what the area is or volume of things it was it was seconds away it was clicks away and then one of our most interesting and one of my favorite tools and here is actually this height profile so sometimes in the roofing industry we face scenarios where roofs have what are called ponding water so that means that even though the roof may be sloped to drains or gutters you know it wants to sit in an area it doesn't want to flow all the way down to those drainage components so we're left wondering if it's a dry spell, you know, maybe we see some uh, dirt or mineral staining on the roof. It's like, hey, is that a pond? Is there a dip in the roof there? What, what exactly is going on? So we can actually bring up this height profile tool and I can strike a line anywhere through our point cloud. And you'll see in that bottom left-hand corner, what it's doing is it's actually taking an elevation cut of our point cloud. So no matter where I drag my line around to, it's going to tell me exactly what is going on in that area. And then I can save that annotation. So we'll just say elevation cut. And I'm going to enlarge this box here real quick, just so we all can see it a little bit more clearly. Now, this particular property, we didn't really have any drainage issues on, but there are plenty of scenarios where, where they are. But you can see, I can come through here and it's showing me all of the coordinates on an X, Y, and Z basis of what's going on. We actually have a altitude uh, measurement over here on the left-hand side and other access information on the on the bottom side and i can kind of drag through here and see the exact points within this model of what's going on so if there was a scenario where i had a suspected you know deflection in the structure or the deck i come in i take this elevation cut and i can see exactly like yes there is you know a low spot there or no there's not now it's not going to tell me why that is there but it's an amazing forensic tool for us to begin that journey of figuring out why is the water sitting there and how are we gonna answer the question of how do we get it to flow properly? So this is a tool I haven't seen anyone else out there have or use before. Yeah, 100%. Well, let me ask you uh, the elephant in the room question because it's very relevant to what we're talking about right now. I've had a lot of roofing contractors say, well, I just fly thermal drones, right? And a thermal drone may or may not show you where there's water below the impermeable layer. But do you think that these maps and models provide more value than, say, just a thermal drone? That's a good question, Paul. I would say that from a general operation standpoint of a roofing company, if I had to choose one, I would go with the visible spectrum over the thermal just because it applies to more situations on a daily basis than a thermal one would. Now, my complete um, opinion on the matter is that you need to do both in the long run, right? It's another tool in the tool belt. We at Division 7 like to speak from a fact-based perspective. So whether that's measurements or whether that is thermal anomalies, we want to have the data on that. So that is something within different work packages within Optelos, um, whether it be service or a re-roofing perspective. Oftentimes, if there are questions as to the moisture content that may or may not be in a roof, we go ahead and send the thermal drone up and maybe um, a little bit before that, um, when it's still light enough out, we're going to get out there and fly the visible spectrum. And that allows us a lot of times we can do a ortho compare within Optelos. So I can actually bring up a thermal ortho and I can bring up the visible spectrum ortho and I have a slider in the middle of the screen and I can pull that back and forth to see, okay, 
I'm seeing some kind of anomaly here. Is there something in the visible spectrum that looks off that we may need to go back and evaluate a little bit further, helping mm -hmm. you confirm or deny those anomalies from the thermal spectrum? Wow. So long and the short of it is you get way more value from this. You can make more decisions rather than, oh, we think there's a there's a penetration here. We can just say, well, let's figure out why. Yeah. Absolutely. And just showing off a couple different things. This is what we call fly view within Optelos. This is where the uh, geo-referenced, uh, the geotiffs are going to pull into a Google Earth type view. And interestingly enough, this one actually, we took some roof drawings that we did in a roofing software program and geolocated them right in our Optelos program because we were curious to be able to take some service assessment codes and map them over top of the roof that we did an ortho on. Another thing that we have going on here is talking about, let me switch to a regular ortho. Talking about that perspective, right? So any phone or drone photograph that has the GPS information is gonna plot here on the fly view. So each one of these little triangles is actually a photo that was taken. And what it's telling me is the X and Y axis of where that photo was taken. And it's also showing me the direction that the camera is pointed in. And I can go in here and click on any of these triangles and pull it up. I can bring it up in full screen that quickly to be able to take a closer look at that. This does come in handy quite often because there's a balance in modeling between how high end the resolution is and how long it takes us to fly. So a lot of times we kind of choose middle grade. Every once in a while, there'll be a detail where I need a little more clarification on. So rather than spending more time out there, just flying the daylights out of this thing, trying to get the resolution up on the model, what we do is we, we always send boots up on the roof, right? They're gonna still take pictures with their cell phone or sometimes we can seek clarity in a single drone image. So for example, we can plot all of our nadir shots that you see we did in that pattern. And I can come in here and be like, oh yeah, I need a little clarification on that unit right there. So I just go ahead and I grab onto that and you get to bring in, uh, this one was, was done with a Phantom 4 Pro. So we get to bring in that 4K imagery. And remember before we looked at the model and we could kind of see that pipe boot, but there wasn't much going on. You know, the gas line didn't materialize within the model, but yeah, I can confirm quite quickly. Yes, there is a gas line there. Here's what's going on. And boy, there's a lot of patches around there too. You know, if we were looking from a service perspective. So, you know, really the, the fluent nature of Optelos, whether we are trying to look at 2D maps, 3D models, plotting individual photos or other pieces of information on them, it, it's going to be able to do it all. The last thing I wanted to do, I talked about that ortho compare. And here you have it, friends. So this is an actual ortho mosaic with a roof drawing. And we've even in new construction scenarios, we've plotted blueprints right here alongside of, of our orthos to be able to see, hey, how's this project coming along? You know, is 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 it looking good? You know, are, are the details being done as they should be per the plans? You know, lots of different questions being asked here, but you can also imagine maybe I had a, a thermal map on the right, you know? I can zoom in like, oh, there's a thermal anomaly, but same kind of scenario here, right? You know, I have this unit sitting right here and we could tell on our inspection that we had quite a few issue codes going on around here. So it allows me as an inspector to draw back into that visible spectrum very easily and start to diagnose what's what's going on. So in this scenario, you know, I'm zoomed in as far as I can on my ortho. What I would do is I would bring up some of those individual drone photos. You know, in this particular model, we had both nadir shots oblique shots and orbits. So I have plenty of things to choose from to be able to see 
are there things that I'm seeing that could point to some of these issue codes that were out there so I can estimate, so I can direct my team, so we can close this sale, so we can move on to the next thing, all right? One of my jobs, Paul, here is to, when Ryan does these great presentations, is to say, hey, Ryan, show them the Kmart job. Hey, Ryan, show them this right, job, show right, them right. that job. So to the DSPs out there, the folks that are going to try to work on the roofing contractor and tell them what they can provide for them, when we're talking about these frequent weekly progress flights and how that looks visually for the contractor to, yeah. to do a time lapse of progression, in Optelos, there is a great ortho overlay time lapse that we can show in a very fluent method to prove or disprove activity throughout the project. So, you know, I just want to sometimes give Ryan a chance to drink some water, <laughs> chill his jets a second. And let me ask you to show off something else, Ryan. Thanks, John. I forget to breathe sometime, man. I get so pumped up about <laughs> this. So. All right, where were we? Multi-ortho overlay. Yeah, the multi-ortho overlay. Yeah, so this, this is, is actually really, really valuable for like disaster assessment, emergency response, construction, yeah. insurance adjustments. I mean, there. this one feature I've been really wanting from PIX4D for, gosh, five years now. And they have something similar on their cloud service but because you have to pay extra on top of your original service and it's not as robust as this feature for everyone watching, if you ever need to do like what Amazon does for their uh, distribution warehouses, they have an ortho for every single week. This is such a perfect example of how Optelos is superior to other photogrammetric engines on the deliverable side. This makes it so much easier for you to do your job and sell your value. So Ryan, continue. But this is a really powerful feature for a lot of people. And this class may be a lot more pertinent than just roofing inspection. So I wanted to just get that out there because I think it's important. Just as John is, you know, pumping you up, I want to uh, <laughs> pump you up even more. So anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I'm going to have to take my jacket off. I'm getting warm over here. I'm getting all excited. <laughs> so, Sun's yeah. out, guns out. <laughs> the the multi-ortho overlay. So as John said, this was a Kmart that was shut down years ago. Somebody purchased it. They decided they wanted to gut this building, complete remodel down to the bones, and turn it into three separate tenant spaces. So we had an opportunity because they were doing that to tear the roof off completely before we laid a single sheet of roofing, which in our industry is a big no-no. You don't go tearing off whole roofs so it rains inside people's structure before you put the new roof in. You typically only remove as much roofing as you can put back in a day and then seal that in with the old roof, right? Nice. So this is a pretty cool progression for us as roofing contractors, but you can see easy peasy is a slider at the bottom we can transition between those orthos to see what happened here. And you can see that roof getting torn off. You can see installation bundles up there. You can see the color of rust because this roof was so old and it was, it was just letting water pour in, especially on the top side of the screen, which is the gutter edge. You can see the new roof going on. We can see other trades working in there. You know, you'll see at the bottom of the screen that hasn't been roofed yet. That's because we were waiting on steel during COVID so that the framing contractors could put the new facade up. Mm. And then towards the end of the project here, you can see that those facades are going on and we are filling them in. And all of this here is right within the fly view. So I still have over here on the right side of the screen, I still have the ability to do pin drops to draw attention to certain things. I have linear measurements, I have area measurements. So we still have tools, even though we are quickly able to flick back and forth between those views to show that time-lapse to tell the story. And even if it's not a single project, we talked previously about building owners. Can you imagine the value if you were flying somebody's building two times a year, one time a year, and you held that client for five years, the amount of data and the story that you could tell, you know, as a, 
as a contractor um, or a DSP who's getting that information to a contractor to sell things, you know, oftentimes it's tough in our industry to sell things because people don't get up on their roofs. We're selling them stuff blind and oftentimes they come with very big price tags. So when we're able to show somebody not only what's going on now, but I could cycle back through a number of these maps and show them over the course of like, you know, five or 10 years, like look what's happening over time. Do you see when they see the degradation with their own eyes, there's no denying it. You know, you're, you're building that trust. Um, and, and that relational sale is the ultimate form of sales because you truly have a relationship. You're showing them with their own eyes what you're talking about and how you arrived to the conclusion that you did to charge them this price for this service. Talk about charging people prices, Ryan. If you go go back a couple slides to the, I think maybe the center. So right there, if you zoom in on down into this uh, imagery and you see the steel deck that we replaced, there's something something in our industry called change orders. That means extra work beyond the, the original agreed upon sum. Mm-hmm. And you can see where we had to replace the structural steel deck. When we go to find the general contractor's representative to approve this extra work, it's a strange thing how you can never find these guys. And then you go to submit, <laughs> you go to submit your invoice for this change order where they said over the phone, yeah, just fix it, you need to fix it. Then all of a sudden they get amnesia. So we're able to bring this imagery up and say, look, here's our steel deck we replaced. Do you see it? Now, are you going to agree to pay us or are we going to have to take our roof back off? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, Paul, that's a that's a few of the just a few of the tools. We've only touched the tip of the iceberg, but that's really some of the pertinent stuff, you know, that we use from a visual and measurement, you know, to quantify things on a daily basis. But, you know, the reporting tools, the ticketing tools, if you need a little help with. Um, you know, assigning jobs and and getting them completed, you know, you can actually use this as a kind of a a job site scheduler for your drone activity. If you wanted to, there's checklist functionality within Optelos. So, you know, we are very big on checklists. I think you will agree with that when we go to fly drones. So we aren't forgetting things. Um, So we can store all those within the system and be able to look back and see like, did this pipe, if something went wrong or something went right, it's like, did you work your way through your pre-flight checklist before this thing happened? Like, you know, it says here that you checked the box on this day at this time, and then this happened, you know? So there's there's a lot of robustness around Optelos, um, you know, that the, the sky's the limit, frankly. The, the, they've built so many features into this thing. It's, it's almost ridiculous, but we continue to find ways to implement these tools within our operations. So it's, it's amazing. I, I think the one last thing to show people is maybe how this transcribes into your estimating software. Now I know that this might be something that drone pilots don't necessarily do. We're really Uh, You know, and even pilots, I would say you could use this podcast to show other contractors just the value in general, because as Ryan's saying, it's not just three pieces of value, five pieces of value. There's dozens of points of value. So, Ryan, lastly, before we kind of wrap this up, and I love your point, too, about commercial roof, um, well, just developers and builders in general, if they had a Zillow of just their properties, of of just where they're at in their current state, that's really valuable. And you you kind of showed it really quick and moved past it, but you've got that map of all the jobs that you guys have done. And you could literally create a digitization of a developer's entire portfolio, which is really, really valuable for them. So drone pilots, there's a lot of opportunity here. And uh, Ryan's about to show us even more about how this is used in estimating as a whole. So go for it. There's that view you talked about, Paul. So that's exactly what you said. So this is just the jobs that we've flown for different people or performed across the country. And I could keep zooming. We don't do anything internationally here at Division 7, but 
doesn't matter where you're at in the world. We can, uh, you know, we're based out of central Ohio. So you can see a lot of the jobs are going to pop up around here. And as I zoom in, it's going to start breaking down those bullet points to show on finer detail where those sit, you know, across the nation or across the city and provide a, a geographic map access to those. So lots and lots of stuff there. So not to mention, we can share this with any of our clients. We can give them access to these with just a name and an email address, and then they can access what we need them to on their own time. Beautiful, beautiful things. So talking about the estimating program. Yeah. So for those not in our industry, this is called the Estimating Edge. It is the premier estimating program within our industry. You know, in my humble opinion, there's nothing that comes close to this when it comes to estimating larger jobs. So I've already kind of ramped up a couple things here, but that first set of data we were looking at. The Sunbury, yeah. Yeah, the Sunbury Plaza. So we can see within my work package, as soon as it pops up here, we made a couple of uh, producibles. One was the original geotiff that you see you know we talked about it being plotted within that fly view typically what i have them do is i'll i'll have them give me a downscale option so unfortunately our estimating program is not quite capable of loading a two gigabyte file it crashes the program <laughs> i i i told i called i called the guys at the edge and i asked them why i couldn't upload a two gigabyte uh photo into their program and they just had a nice cackle on the phone at me i knew the answer but i just thought it'd be funny to spur the conversation. And then they started mm. asking, where are you getting two gigabyte photo files from? So <laughs> we went down that drone conversation road mm. and definitely piqued some interest. But uh, yeah, you'll see over here, I had them export a JPEG for me. And this one's only about 15 megs. So this is going to play very nicely with the edge. And depending on the project, the size of it, the busyness of the roof, I'll have them scale it up and scale it down depending on what I'm trying to see and what I'm trying to accomplish. And I've loaded things up to about 250 megs into the edge without any problem. So you download it from Optelos. We open up a new estimate. We upload it into the edge. And um, this is our conditions breadcrumb, as the edge refers to it. This is where I would build out my list of all the steps, if you will, to performing a repair or performing a re-roof. So if I built a template or I loaded a template here, you would see things like safety setup and curb flashings and metal coping and gutter and all those things. But you know, the beautiful part really comes in on the digitizer. So that is where that imagery we talked about is coming into play. So now on the digitizer screen, you're seeing that same ortho that I used within Optelos. Now, before our drone journey, I had to take a screenshot of Google Earth. And I can promise you that when I was looking at gutter edges, like down here, right at this uh, angle change in the building, it was blurry. It was a complete guess if I was hitting the edge of the building or if I was hitting the pavement below. And it's tough to be repeatable in that action as well, you know, knowing you're hitting the same point every time. That's producing error in your estimate. That's a problem. You are less competitive. You're less accurate. It's going to cost you money in the long run. So yeah. now, instead of having that go on, I come in here and you can see, I'm just going to keep zooming. But you can see, even when I'm at a super high zoom level, you know, even in a reduced file size, we're holding on to that resolution pretty well. And I can pinpoint the edges of these buildings, the edges of penetrations, and I know that I'm within an inch of accuracy of the real world. So it really just, it makes things more accurate. It takes me less time because not every time do I actually even need to flick over into Optelos to look at my 3D mesh or my point cloud. I've got clear enough imagery that I can start to see things right within the edge digitizer to know, hey, it's a curb. Oh, this gas lines. Let me tell you. 
If you're on like a ballasted roof, which for the non-roofers out there means it's a, a roof with all the rocks on top and it's got old gas lines, they are very tough to see, you know, from a, from a Google Earth image. And um, not anymore. I see them clear as day. Um, even when there's a dark background, a dark pipe, they they pop out. Well, and that answers an important question from roofing contractors. Can I just do this from Google Earth? And it's like, no, according to, um, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, satellite imagery cannot be sold on the private market with a GSD less than 25 centimeters, which is enormous if you think about, you know, what is an inch 2.54 centimeters and we're doing literally almost 25 times, you know, we're doing 10 times that. So, you know, you're lucky if you have a foot per pixel, which you can't take measurements when one pixel equals a foot, you know, and you're seeing that image interpolation between pixels and whatnot. So, yeah, absolutely. Really, the only thing that saved uh, people um, previously was the the edges, the edge program. You know, you're you're just simply calibrating what that line segment is and then hopefully you know, if you need to remeasure that particular line segment, you're you're hitting the same points again. Um, so, yeah, let's get better. Let's uh, let's do it quicker. Let's do it more accurately. Let's give the competition a run for their money because your material lists are tight and you know they're accurate and you're going into it with confidence so that you or your salespeople can offer those pricing and know we're not about to take a bath if we do take the job at this price. And then once we get the job, let's empower our project managers and our superintendents so they can run more jobs. You know, my superintendent can sit at his desk and visit four to five job sites in a day because we have the imagery to support that. Right. And then he gets on the phone and then we utilize other imagery products that go through the cell phone for him to be able to coach his people out in the field. This is the new age. This is where things are headed within our industry. Bring the roof to your desk. Stop driving all over the country, all over the state, and win more. Yeah. Save the ozone layer. Save the ozone, yeah. Save the, save the environment. <laughs> uh, a famous quote from the Shawshank Redemption, uh, get busy living life or get busy dying. So I'm going to get busy slamming the <laughs> gas pedal on my EcoBoost and enjoying it. So <laughs> anyway, um, but that said, I really appreciate having you guys on the show. It seems like the value from this is absolutely incredible for drone pilots and roofing contractors. And for you drone, members out there, we've actually taken this commercial roofing inspection course and paired it with other classes to make it a chronological can't screw it up order. And so we put this on the props program. And if many of you remember uh, drone, you, you know, we could have created the drone, you enterprise, but that sounds kind of lame. And instead we would rather create professional, you know, reliable operators who are practicing safety, which is what props stands for. And so we do have this training package on our props program, props.thedroneu.com. And if you go under courses, you'll see commercial roofing inspection. So this is actually an aggregation of a lot of different courses. And if you have your part 107, great. It'll be nice and cheap for you. If you don't have it, that's fine. There are other options as well. And you can kind of see what the course looks like, what you can expect to get out of the course. And you're even going to have a section here by Ryan that's going to help you uh, really discern how to utilize these deliverables of your ortho mosaic, your point cloud, your 3D textured mesh, all from your phantom. I almost went to the wrong side. You like that? Anyway, so, uh, yeah. so anyway, long story short is there is a lot of opportunity here for you. It's a great recurring revenue business. If you guys remember here at DroneU, we're all about propping you up and giving you everything that you need to create a business. A lot of people help you create a business, but in order to be successful, you have to create a scalable business from the start. And these recurring revenue jobs are high revenue, high dollar, and they're also high value. 
And if you have a high revenue job, that's not high value, you're not going to have that job very long. I promise you that. So um, that said, Ryan, John, thank you very much for joining me today. If all of you are interested, go to props.thedroneu.com. Check it out. If you have questions uh, for Ryan and John, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Uh, there would be uh, info at imaginetechnologiesgroup.com would be an email. Shoot it out to us, info at imaginetechnologiesgroup.com, which is the company we formed from Division 7 to help elevate the roofing industry and take our best practices and get them out to the world. We didn't think we should keep it a secret. We think we should help people get better out there in the world. Well, we love it, guys. Thank you very much, because this is just another use of drones. I mean, this industry is really maturing. So um, people like you are, are, are driving the leading edge of that. So thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you guys too. Happy New Year, everyone. If you have a question, go to askdroneu.com, upload that question. If you want to learn more about this class, you can also hit the community if you are a DroneU member, which by the way, DroneU members, next month you get eight new courses. So we're really taking the game up for all of you. And also if you are a DroneU member, now included are those monthly coaching calls. So you can join me at the end of January to, well, discuss some of the things that are going to help your business as we can all learn from experience even when we don't have it, we can learn from other people who have that experience. That's going to do it for us today from everyone here at the Drone U Studios. My name is Paul, and I'll see you next time. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.